Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihi Jolly. So today we're answering listener questions about love and relationships. To everyone who submitted by voice memo or DM on Instagram, thank you so much for sharing your honest stories with us, and they'll all be presented anonymously today. Here is how the episode is structured, as it's a little different than usual. To answer your questions, I called up three people from our Buddhist community in different parts of the country, Abby from Oakland, Ramad from DC, and Erica from New Jersey. They've all been chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo consistently for quite a while now, so I thought they'd have good insight to share. You can listen to the episode in three parts if you want, or all the way through. Just check the show notes for timestamps as usual. In part one, I played two listener voice memos for Abby about what it takes to leave a bad relationship and how to move on when you do. In part two, I read Ramad some of your DMs about how to deal with rejection in all its forms. And in part three, I asked Erica the eternal question, how do you find your life partner and how do you know if they're the one? Let's start with Abby. You'll hear us chat a little bit so you can get to know her and then I'll play two of the questions I shared with her. Hi, uh, my name is Abby Petkov and I'm originally from New Jersey, but I'm calling from Oakland, California, um, where I am a local chiropractor. I just finished chiropractic college the day before uh, shelter in place started in the area. So I'm fresh out of school and really on a journey of kind of rediscovering myself after so much time in study. Because we are talking about relationships, do you want to share anything about your own kind of current relationship status or orientation towards them or like where you're at so we can humanize you a little? (laughs) Totally. This is so funny because I'm currently really diving into before you even reached out to me for this podcast, I had been starting this journey of really trying to understand my my relationship with relationships and, you know, who am I in relationship with myself and then others, but really starting with myself because um, I think that's how you show up authentically with others is by knowing yourself better. Mm. And so I called my parents to tell them, you know, oh man, guys, like you can't tell anyone, but I got asked to be on this, you know, podcast talking about love and relationships and my one of my family members immediate response was why the hell did they choose you for that (laughs) and you know honestly like I'm a sensitive person so when I heard that it hurt a little bit and I really had to reflect on why did I get chosen to talk about this and um you know I shed a couple tears just like reflecting on on my history with relationships that hasn't actually been very honoring to my life Mm -hmm. and I think part of that was because I wasn't really understanding how to honor my life um so how can you understand how to let other people honor your life um but I'm really I was so grateful for this chance to kind of reflect even more deeply on this because I feel ready to accept that I get to choose to honor my life on a daily basis and that can only lead me in the direction of love because that is you know, what is love other than really deciding to honor ourselves and allowing other people to experience that with us? Yeah, I'm well trying to figure said. that out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 totally. And thank you for being so honest. Of I'm course. already so moved. And um, actually, it's kind of just wild that you shared all of that because the questions that I wanted to ask for you or ask of you um, from listeners are, yes, very relevant. Oh, because great. I, I really think... <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah. Okay. So ha- let's just jump right into it. I'm just going to start with a hard one. Okay, I'm ready. I hope you're okay. I have a history of terrible love relationship karma. I've known my last partner since we were teens. We're in our 30s now. We were really good friends before making it official three and a half years ago. He's far from being ideal because he's done every disrespectful thing you can think of. I can't tell you how many times I've broken up and gotten back with him with hopes of things being different every time. Currently, we're not even together, but I'm still bound to him. I have tried chanting for him to disappear from my life, but deep down, that's not really what I want. I still care for him despite everything he has done. I've given up on him as my life partner, but I won't stay away from him even when I've determined that he's not good for me and that I'm done. 
every time he comes back, I fall again. And it always ends the same way, beating myself up for being so poor-willed and weak when it comes to him. I'm constantly changing my mind about what I want when it comes to him or a romantic relationship period. I know very well that this isn't love or healthy, although it took me a while to realize that. How can I learn to love myself enough through this practice to stop disrespecting my life as such? Please help. Whoa. (laughs) There's a lot there, and it's all valuable. I actually would love to share an experience that I had um, actually within a, a, a relationship that was so disrespectful to my life. I didn't, I I knew it was disrespectful to my life, similar to what this person is saying. And there was such a intoxicating aspect of our connection. Like he could say my name the right way and all of my anger or, you know, rage around the way he treated me with disrespect just melted away. You know, and I thought so deeply that that was love. You know, that if someone could access me beyond my anger you know, and calm me down just by saying my name right, then they must be the right person for me because no one else can do that, right? And mm. what I actually learned after the fact was that, that that was manipulation in a lot of ways. And I hope that that doesn't sound too harsh to the person listening um, who you know, submitted that question because when people, sometimes when people, you know, understand that they have that power over us in some way and they use it when we are angry for a reason you know if like there's someone disrespecting you and you feel upset at being disrespected it's because your life is worth being treated with respect and so that part of our life that knows that responds with anger you know it's like wait a second I don't deserve to be treated that way and when you know one thing that I have learned about anger you know one thing and I've learned this through my practice is that anger actually contains the potential for my bootability you know and I don't have to pretend I'm not angry or or you know find my inner peace and then you know move beyond my anger I actually get to feel my anger and find my buddhahood my my highest version of myself within that life condition within that state And then move forward with whatever value I can create from that uncomfortable feeling of rage or anger or grief or whatever. So I was in this relationship. Sorry, going back to the experience. This relationship was very disrespectful in so many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, like just such a disrespect to my life. Um, And I was with him for about a year and a half. And he broke up with me probably every week, if not every other week. And so it was this constant like, you're not worthy prove to me you're worthy. Okay, fine, you're worthy. You know, and like, I I felt like I was constantly on this journey to prove myself to someone. Um, But I wasn't proving myself to me, you know, which is, I think most important is really understanding who we are so that we can show up to to relationship with other people. And Mm so, you know, my parents had seen me kind of going through this relationship and they were like, we're gonna, we're gonna back off because we've tried to intervene. And we're actually going to let you have this experience yourself. And they said, you know, as long as you stay connected to chanting, we trust that at some point you will find the wisdom to move forward in your life. So I was like, word, I'm going to show them, you know, and he had already like proposed, like we were, oh my you know, I was 19, he was much older, like it was, it was a done deal in my mind because he had really painted it as like, oh, who loves you more than me? No one loves you more than me. Like we're going to be together forever, right? So mm-hmm. my parents said like, go off, do your thing. I was like, word, watch me, you know, similar to the other statement, you know, I'll show them that this is right. And I had already decided I wasn't going to do study abroad. I had like really shrunk my life in a lot of ways, cut off my friends and my family in order to accommodate to this person's comfort zone of me. So I was very isolated in that sense. Um, But when I sat down to chant that day, you know, the second I started, this image of myself started to emerge. It was this image of me as this strong, confident, courageous, independent, single young woman. Mm. And it scared the shit out of me. And I immediately (laughs) stopped chanting. It scared me so much because I really 
wasn't ready to see myself in that way. And all the steps that I was going to need to take to shed myself of this person in order to get to that vision of myself felt so impossible and so daunting. Like, why would I go there if it meant not going there with this person who I have chosen? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I stopped chanting for the day and I was like, that's it. I'm done. Can't face it yet. Okay. <laughs> and I like hesitantly went to chant the next day and I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't going to happen again. And I open, I'm like ready to chant, like, okay, I'm proving my parents wrong. And immediately, as soon as I started saying, Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo, the image shot right to my forefront of my consciousness immediately. And it scared me again to the point where I stopped chanting for the day. Like, as soon as I saw that version of myself, I couldn't face it, so I stopped. And uh, the third day in a row, I crept back to my altar and I sat down to chant kind of knowing what was going to happen. So I sat down, I, I started to chant and it was like 10 times more of that version of myself came through, like ripping and clawing to be seen, like really just asking me to, to sit with it for a moment. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I realized in that moment was, you know, when, we, when we're chanting, when we're accessing our boot ability, the highest version of ourself, the best parts of ourself are able to come to the surface. And so I, I thought to myself, if, if that's what I'm doing when I sit down to chant, and this is what's coming to my consciousness, then I, I can at least sit with it. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm a courageous person. I'm stubborn, you know, like, I don't have to, I don't have to run away from myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's what my partner really liked about me is that I was feisty and, you know, I, I wasn't afraid to, to say what needed to be said. So even using the fact that, that they loved me for that, allowed me to sit with myself longer. So mm. there's value in everything in that sense. And as soon as I started to chant about that version of myself that I could see, I started to realize that I didn't feel strong enough to accomplish that. And mm. you know, I started to cry while I was chanting. And it's okay to cry while you chant. Like We don't have to be chanting you know, pretending we're sitting on top of a mountaintop with our, you know, in in like (laughs) lotus pose with the wind blowing in our hair. Like sometimes we're in the muck of our life and it's from there that we move forward. And so I decided, okay, life, universe, cosmos, like whatever force of the law of cause and effect exists that I couldn't fathom in that moment, I am ready. And I said, I am ready to receive the best possible outcome for my highest happiness and my absolute victory in this lifetime. I declare in this moment that I'm prepared and I let go of whatever strategy I had in my mind around how to get there and Mm -hmm. just was ready for my environment to respond to me being ready. And Jihee, the next day, he broke up with me. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's not of magic, course. right? Like, <laughs> he broke up with me every week. Yeah. It was nothing magical for him to have broken up with me. But what was profound in that was that the moment I declared that I was ready to move forward in the direction of my happiness, my environment responded and I was prepared. And so all the power that he had over me just like softened and slowly started to kind of break apart. Mm -hmm. And I started to see myself clearly for the first time in a really long time as like powerful and confident and courageous. And my independence was valuable and not like a weakness that I Mm -hmm. can do things on my own. It was actually like a strong point. Um, And he, I remember the last time I saw him, you know, he, he found me in the gym and was like, you know, stalking me on my campus and like came into the gym and like, I immediately felt on alert when I saw him. Cause obviously, you know, this was someone who in a lot of ways was, was abusive and disrespectful towards my life. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I started kind of casting off the, the confusion around how he was treating me and like really saw it clearly, you know, he showed up even more in that version of himself. Or I, maybe I could just see it more clearly at that time. So mm-hmm. he found me and he's like, I miss you. Like, oh man, like, I, I love you. Like, we're meant to be together. You know, put his arm around me. And I was like, 
I'm going to need you to take your hands off of me. (laughs) And I need you to take a step back. Because what I'm asking you for here is some space and some time to reflect on what I need. And honestly, when we ask people to take a step back, it's actually asking them to honor and respect our process in discovering mm-hmm. ourselves, which he actually didn't want to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because me discovering myself meant he was no longer the spoke of my wheel, so to speak. And so in that moment, he realized that he lost some power over me. And he was like, you're amazing. You're marvelous. You're magnificent. Here, I brought you a cookie. And he like handed me this cookie and like, man, I don't, I mean, I like cookies, but I didn't really want a cookie. Like there was no, I was, I was unfazed by his praise because for the first time in a really long time, I could look to him after he said all those things of how great I am. And I just said, I know. (laughs) And I turned around and walked away, you know, and, and actually never looked back. Um, and he's, you know, reached out over time, you know, through the years. And it's been a really long journey for me of healing from that relationship in part because the healing that needed to happen needed to happen within my heart, you know, mm-hmm. had nothing to do with him. I had to understand how I wanted to be treated and decide that I was going to seek that in my relationships with other people. And to be honest, my relationships following that have not been so great. (laughs) Like there's still things that I've had to work through because this process of seeking the best versions of ourselves doesn't happen immediately. And I had to understand that the way he was treating me was not like it took a while to unfurl from that and decide to discover, which I'm still kind of in this process of discovering how I do want to be treated. So for this person, I would really encourage them to chant you know, and seek beyond what perception you might have of who this person is or what role they play in your life and really determine that you will align your life with the highest version of what, like the best possible outcome of whatever obstacle you're facing in your relationships and, and mm-hmm. then move forward with confidence that you will have the wisdom. Because one thing is to chant about it and another thing is to trust that when we chant about it, something will happen. And that yeah. can be really scary. <laughs> Absolutely. So well said. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Abby. And yeah, it it called to mind so many thoughts as you were talking, because I think it made me realize like, wow, this is like not just in the realm of relationships, but this exact dynamic of like the if you see yourself as like small, weak you where you don't really want to see your full potential and you're used to doing that then like when you're chanting inevitably I can 100% relate to that like vision of I just see myself so differently and then like a few hours pass and I snap back to like little version of Jihee and I'm like wait where did where did that person go and I have to chant about it so it's like definitely this dynamic um yeah just this like it's a practice that's like it's just really you just you have to practice being that version of yourself Mm um but uh the how do you say there is, I think, some hesitation that people feel, and I don't know if the person who sent this question is feeling this, um, but it called this to mind, that like when you, you know, sort of like cut yourself off from someone that you care about or you you reject them or you reject a, that kind of dynamic in your life, that it somehow means that you don't respect that person or you don't like that person or you think that they're terrible. And I think that kind of holds a lot of people back from being willing to extricate themselves. Mm. Um, And earlier you mentioned, you know, chanting for that person's happiness. And it made me think like two things can be true at the same time, you know? Well, I think that there's a lot of guilt and shame in our society around, and especially when we're a loyal person, like I'm a very loyal person. So if I commit to someone or if I am like there for them, have their back, it's really hard for me sometimes to understand when it's okay to choose myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, to not be loyal to them, but actually be loyal to me first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so I view that question as the how do you say, like the rising action and the climax and hmm. then you get out of the relationship. Hmm. But then comes those days afterwards that you've already left the relationship or it's ended for whatever reason and it's really hard, you know? Yes. And so I think this question um, kind of falls into that realm a little bit. Um, about love, I've recently just broke up with my boyfriend 
of four and a half years and before this we broke up once uh, two years ago and at that time I felt like I couldn't live without him and in the end we got back together so but this time I mean after reading um, articles from the Buddhability website uh, listening to your podcast and also after daily chanting so I understand fully that my happiness can only be achieved by myself and um, not others, no one. So, but the thing is that I still can't help but to think of him every day. And I have this thought, uh, only if he could be the person that I hope he can be, we would be happy together for sure. Um, I know this is not right. And after trying for more than four years, it just proved that things just don't work out between us. So now my problem is that I couldn't move on from here. So I'm just thinking that what should I do? Hmm. Whoa. That's so real. <laughs> it's so real. My first thought was just the... Like... The amount of doubt and fear, you know, that we are capable of connecting with other people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I totally relate to that. I think sometimes I've, you know, had moments in my life where I've been like, okay, fine, I'll just go it alone. Screw them. Like, I'll be, I'll be that, <laughs> like, you know, totally badass, independent, older woman that's by themselves. But actually, the truth of the matter is, is that I really want to experience healthy harmonious love you know and I think it sounds like this person is really realizing that that you know maybe even thinking that that type of love is only possible with that person that they have left or alone Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a mistaken thought you know and uh I, I hope that doesn't sound harsh in any way but the fact of the matter is is that we are love you know, having had the experiences I've had with love, if I were to just stay face down in the dirt, you know, I think I would be selling myself short. And if I were to go back, man, if I were to go back to allowing myself to think that that type of love was the only type of love I was capable of receiving or offering... It's just not possible. (laughs) It's just not possible. And I think one of the reasons it's not possible is because I've decided that I may not know. (laughs) I may not know what it feels like to be loved in a healthy, harmonious relationship yet. But I damn sure want to know. Mm. And one thing about uh, sunflowers, Mm. random little fact in here. One thing I love about sunflowers, and after I got out of my toxic relationship, I actually got a sunflower tattoo because it really reminded me like who I am. And this fact about sunflowers keeps me connected to that. Sunflowers can do what's called phytoremediation, which means that they pull from the soil around them the toxins, the radioactive energy, like anything that is not nourishing in the soil, the sunflowers suck it up and use it as a source of energy to shine even brighter and turn more directly towards the sun. Mm. And that's why sunflowers are the symbol of nuclear disarmament because they Mm. plant them where there's been nuclear activity so that they can clean the soil around them. And so when I think about my past partnerships and my relationships that have been like nuclear radiation in my soil, I don't have to feel like that's my soil, like that's what I exist in, like that's what I deserve. I get to use that as fuel to actually understand more deeply what I want for myself. Because if it's not that, then what is it? How can I find that? How can I find a more honoring love it actually has to start by understanding that i am the most honoring love i can offer myself and then find someone who loves that and cherishes that and wants to contribute to it 
Now let's meet Ramad, with whom I'm going to share two DMs that came in. So if I can just ask you to um, introduce yourself, maybe like your name, your age, where you are, and then how did you get into practicing Buddhism in the first place? So I'm Ramad, and uh, I live in Washington, D.C., born and raised here. I will be 31 next month. Woo! Uh, <laughs> And I, I started practicing Buddhism about nine years ago. And actually what inspired me to, you know, really um, take faith in this practice was that I wanted to change my family karma. Uh, just growing up, like I felt like I always had these um, moments of awareness or questioning, you know, like why do people who say they love each other, you know, not able to like get along with one another. And when I, you know, heard that this practice had the you know, ability to transform karma, um, that really just solidified for me that this was, you know, this was it. And this was the tool that I was going to use to, you know, change my relationship uh, with my mom, who actually is now practicing as well. Um, but, you know, I, I just I love love and I wanted to, you know, whatever I could do to increase the chances of having a successful relationship. I was down uh, for that. So. Um, that's why wow, I didn't even realize that that <laughs> that this was like what made you want to start practicing. This was by complete chance. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I left wow. about it after we got off the call because I was like, wow, um, you know, this is really like this is an opportunity definitely for me like to really reflect on, you know, why I started in the first place and, and how's that going? Huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I'm, I want to ask so much more about that. I might at the end... Um, but uh, just one other kind of just follow up for context is um, however you're comfortable explaining your current relationship status, because I'm going to introduce each person just so we know like who we're talking to. So like you've been practicing nine years and are you currently in a relationship or kind of what's what's going on? Oh, great, great. Yeah. So um, I got engaged last year and um, we're planning for our wedding for for next year. And you know, really just just hoping to, you know, see see a day of celebration post COVID. Um, so that's what we're really mm -hmm. challenging, you know, together right now is to be able to have a safe and uh, joyful wedding. Uh, we've been together almost three years now, and uh, yeah. Wow! Congratulations. That's super exciting. I got married in 2019, so it's the whole wedding planning stuff is very fresh still. <laughs> Although COVID hadn't started, so. <laughs> mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. I, I think we're definitely learning about a lot about each other in trying to come together in the planning. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's like the. I mean, I've come to view relationships as sort of like the person that you're going to solve problems with for the rest of your life like mm. minus the love part it's just that and the yeah. wedding is like the first big like we're doing a project together do we even work well together yes yes <laughs> it's definitely oh, a, a great way battle yeah okay well let me see um our first question or our first dm is how do you handle unreciprocated energy from someone you love mm. that is great um i would probably almost consider myself a specialist in this um <laughs> i am i am just a lover of love i love people and you know there's just been so many times throughout my life i can think of you know just wanting the best for someone and you know them maybe not being able to receive that, that level of like energy. And so, you know, mm -hmm. at times, you know, I think like, especially when I was younger, you know, I'm, I remember like just feeling like, well, you know, what's their deal? Like I'm trying to do something good. And like, why, why are they getting mad or why are they misreading this? And I think it just really helped me like forge this, you know, foundation now in my life where instead of, you know, necessarily expecting that energy to be reciprocated back, um, it's really solidified my own uh, intention of like, you know, this isn't for, you know, validation or this isn't, you know, for their reaction It's really because I want to see the best come out of, you know, this dynamic. And so I've just I've just learned to to extend my, my love for people 
uh, freely without attachments. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things to kind of bear in mind is, you know, doing things on your own volition and, and being able to create space uh, for people to show up, you know, where they are at that time. Wow. Wise words. Cause that's, I mean, in romantic relationships and in all relationships, that feeling of just like, like, why don't you see how much I, I care about you? And why don't you take it that way? Mm-hmm. Can I, can I ask when you say you might even be a specialist in this? Like, have you, have you dealt with like unreciprocated love of any kind? I'm, if your fiance is okay with you sharing about oh, this, yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. So that, uh, that that's funny because uh, in our relationship, you know, in the beginning, um, I think she definitely piqued my interest before um, I piqued hers. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I just remember like thinking, wow, this, this woman is amazing. Like, I just, you know, want to get to know like what's going on inside of her head and, you know, s- you know, try to spend time. And uh, she would just always be so busy and, you know, she always had something to do when I would like, you know, extend the invitation to like hang out or, you know, grab food and things like that, you know, and it took like maybe, you know, three, three or four weeks of like, you know, rejection uh, with, you know, at least that's how I was receiving it at the time, you know, to finally figure out like a time to like meet up. And, you know, when we finally did, it was just like, great. Like we just talked like we had known each other um, you know, forever. But, you know, at the, at the time that I was like trying to hang out, it wasn't necessarily that she didn't want to hang out. She just really had a lot going on in her life. So I feel like if I would have, you know, just been swayed about like, all right, she's blowing me off, you know, mm-hmm. I really would have missed out like on a, on an opportunity. Um, but <laughs> sidebar, like sidebar story, like, I guess like teenage years, I probably have more, uh, more experience with that. I just remember um, really crushing on this girl, like in like eighth grade, and um, she was not interested in me like at all. <laughs> um, and you know, like we would like talk on the phone and things like that, but it was clearly out. You know, it was clear I was being placed in the friend zone. And you know, I think like after you know lots and lots of conversations, you know, I was still I'm just overly optimistic. So even though like it was clearly in my face, you know, it took her like getting a boyfriend for me to like really catch the drift. Like, okay, I, I don't have a oh, chance no. here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think it's just a level of emotional uh, resilience that, you know, sometimes people call me naive for it, but I just am always looking for the silver lining or, you know, trying to find the hope in, in the situation. And so like we remained good friends for many years, you know, after that. Um, but I think, yeah, I just really try to make that like my, my ninja way of like, not, um, not being swayed by, you know, how a person, you know, shows up and, you know, just having that, that understanding for myself that, you know, this is, this is an expression of my love and like, it shouldn't come with like limits on how a person has to show up or, you know, what that has to like, look like, um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So final follow up on this one before I go to the next one is I'm just thinking, um, I mean, I I don't know any context for who sent this DM, but I'm sure many other people are dealing with some version of it. So what would you say to someone, especially someone who might be curious about how like Buddhism or chanting could help them because we're in the middle of this chanting challenge right now anyway, and maybe people are chanting about this kind of thing. What would you say to someone who kind of is like struggling with like I, I like someone and they they don't like me back and what does chanting can it help what 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 how will it help what would yeah any advice on that level mm, so that's great um i think actually the moment that my practice shifted uh was going through like a very emotional breakup uh so i was about maybe like 23 huh. 24 and uh you know we, we had been together for like 2 years and you know everyone outside of me was just like, you know, this relationship is not for you, you know, but again, that optimism or like, uh, I'll, I'll coin it as loyalty, you know, to a fault maybe, but, you know, just really wanting to continue to believe that, okay, things can change. Um, but in reality, you know, it, it wasn't like supporting my, my growth or like my, my dreams, things were just kind of getting stagnant in my life. And we ended up separating like abruptly and, 
uh, I was just completely, uh, you know, emotionally shattered. And, you know, I remember having a friend reach out to me, you know, on that week. I mean, this guy was always consistent in reaching out to me. <laughs> it was really his uh, friendship and his encouragement, you know, at that time to really challenge, you know, chanting um, consistently every day. And, you know, mm -hmm. to set like a goal of how much I wanted to challenge chanting. And so, I, you know, I feel that that was the place where things started to shift from not just being um, motivated by how I feel, but like motivated towards what I'm trying to accomplish. So I had a goal and then I had um, chanting, you know, as a, a tool daily to just like um, show up consistently for myself. And, you know, just through you know, chanting. Cause at that time I was just like, man, I don't know what to do. Like I, I, I can't let go of this like relationship. Like I'm still hopeful that, you know, we'll get back together. And, you know, at that time, you know, it was just really, I felt like I was in the depths of like, you know, I can think back, you know, of like my, my parents or, you know, like family members of just like seeing them struggle with these relationships that, you know, aren't really fulfilling, you know, their, their personal um, dreams or like, you know, um, really what they, are looking for in love, but they're just like settling. And like, so mm. here was like that crucial moment for me of like navigating away from that narrative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, just try it for a hundred days, man, and see, you know, you'll have your, you know, chant to have the clarity of if this relationship, you know, is for you or not. And so, mm. you know, so many great things came out of those like a hundred days that by the time I got to the hundredth day, I wasn't even chanting about this relationship anymore. You know, I was really chanting about like, you know, my dreams and, and my goals and, and, you know, finally, you know, setting a foundation of, of self-love, which I think, you know, hadn't been something that, um, I really was making a cause for before. You know? Yeah. I think to anyone that's, you know really looking to change their relationship karma, like chanting, you know, it, it changes you. And so I think like, that's the first place that we have to look for the change before we can, you know, even really open our eyes or our heart to like what we're looking for. You know, we got to be on that um, plane to receive it. So I think chanting is mm -hmm. definitely a great tool um, to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and it finally really does relate actually to the next question. So this one says, um, I run into my ex-fiance weekly and it's super awkward and painful. Any advice? Mm. Wow. So I think like I can definitely relate to that experience. Maybe not like on a weekly basis, um, but I remember like being fresh out of this uh, relationship and Anytime, like I would see, you know, like their name or their profile pop up, even just like on social media, it was just like, you know, like that back and forth of like, okay, should we block each other? Like, you know, like what, what just, you know, not having the courage to like really decide what the boundaries needed to look like to start to create peace for myself. Um, but I think, you know, like that, one of the best pieces of encouragement that I got for that on how to attack it was just, you know, really chanting for this person's happiness. Um, because mm -hmm. at that time it was just like, I, I hadn't been able to remove like my feelings of suffering, um, without attaching it, you know, to this person. And so like, it was just continuing to, you know, trigger me in that way. Um, but I think, but I think once, once you can get to that standpoint of like, you know, really wanting to see this person happy, um, and releasing like those, you know, feelings that are like super painful, you know, um, I think it will open up a way for you to really, um, be able to, you know, focus on your own happiness and then not be swayed by things that are like, you know, happening around you. You know, if this is like a situation that you, you can't avoid, um, you know, really being able to tap into a deeper understanding of what, what, you know, is this situation presenting for me? You know, what work is there for me to do um, so that I can move mm -hmm. on? Uh, it really is a great opportunity to to build emotional resilience. And I think also, like, of course, it's not going to be like magic, right? Where uh, you just you just decide and then those feelings go away. But I think making like a determination and then just having having that compassion 
you know, like you would, you know, just try to treat yourself like you would a friend that's going through a breakup. I find that when I'm able to, you know, give myself a little bit of space to observe myself more as the observer than like just, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess mm. swept up in the, the emotions of things, then I'm able to have a little more compassion uh, for myself and like the circumstances and, you know, able to work those things out. Um, but if, if this mm. is like something that you can, you know, find ways to avoid, I would, I would take the time to, you know, ask myself the question of, you know, how, how can I, you know, enforce the boundaries that I need to, you know, really heal from this situation and move forward. But I think it's, you know, it's definitely a very crucial time in like deciding, you know, uh, new, new arena for yourself of, you know, where am I mm -hmm. going and, and, and what's next? Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really great advice. It's funny, right? It may, hearing you say that made me think that like when we're going through really intense pain, whether it's a breakup or, or just any kind of loss, even sometimes the hardest thing to do is to remember to take care of yourself and like respect yourself because you just want to like solve the problem. And so you just get fixated on like the person or the ex or how do I change the situation? And you like forget to eat. You forget to like get good sleep. You just throw everything out the window and treat yourself like crap. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So I just have one more for you. Actually, this question came in a few different ways, and it was part of a voice memo, but it's a little bit long, so I'm just going to summarize it. But basically, it's a young woman who's asking, she's just said that, like, observing friends who are in different relationships, you see that the way people approach, like, handling those relationships is so diverse. Mm -hmm. And part of it is your culture and your own background and those kinds of things. But like, what is the basically like on what basis or what principle in Buddhism should you approach or handle your romantic relationships? Mm, that is so good. Um, I I think one of the like best like resets or like pieces of encouragement that I, I utilize and, and not just for like romantic relationships, but just for relationships, uh, period is, you know, and, and I'll practice, um, you know, we're really encouraged to like, just appreciate, you know, the person in front of you. And so whenever I'm able mm -hmm. to just like remind myself like of that, you know, really anchor myself in, okay, so maybe my day went this way and, you know, my partner's day went this way, you know, and, let me not bring work, you know, into this, you know, time of like sharing dinner together, um, you know, and I think especially with like COVID times right now, like we're, we're learning a whole new way to like navigate and, you know, just a, a whole new arena of like challenges. It's definitely given, um, <clears throat> given more time to one, um, ask myself, you know, these questions of what are we creating, you know, and and how can we like find um, hope, you know, through through these times and what kind of man, you know, do I want to be? And, you know, just in, you know, asking myself those questions, you know, and, and defining those uh, really, really challenging myself to keep that at the forefront of appreciating the person in front of me and, you know, kind of removing like my own thoughts or, you know, ignorance, you know, out of the equation to like really be able to have a dialogue with the person, like a, just increasing this appetite to want to get to know the person for, you know, who they are and, you know, what's their mm -hmm. story. Um, I really feel like every person's story is just so important. And I'm, I'm just currently working on taking more time to listen, you know, really, really listen um, and and not try to filter it by my own experiences or my own desires. Um, so you know, every every day is a a battle, but I really I really love um, that encouragement of respecting and appreciating the person in front of you, and you know, just the aspect of how important dialogue is, you know, for us to do you know to do the work where everyone, you know, feels seen, everyone feels heard, 
And, you know, I think from that place, we'll, we'll all be a little more inclined to, to share. So we've covered how to deal with relationships ending, but what about figuring out the relationship you're currently in? Let's meet Erica next, who recently got married just last year. I asked her just that one question, and then we had a conversation about it. So my name is Erica Mormisato. I'm currently living in New Jersey. I'm a proud New Jersey girl. And um, currently I'm working in a niche perfume company. So. And then how did you like get into chanting originally? So actually I was born into the practice, but honestly, I don't think that I started to really chant until I was in high school. That's when I started undergoing difficulties in love, actually. And that's when I started to chant. Really? Yeah. Oh, so. man. High school love is like... Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it starts in middle school. <laughs> the pain. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah, definitely. I think high school was when I just started to like really question everything about myself. So that's when I was like desperate. And I'm like, I just need to do something. And chanting was like the only thing I knew at the time. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me just chant about this. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, do you mind my asking, like, what was the high school situation? So um, I was, yeah, I really liked this girl. And honestly, at that time, I hadn't even really come out as, you know, a lesbian. So I was really struggling with my identity. So I actually mm-hmm. hadn't told anyone. And I was just really chatting about it. And actually, when I started to chant like kind of seriously about it, you know, I came to this, like, I don't know, like acceptance of myself, actually. So I felt like I kind of came up to myself, like I was a, I was totally OK with it. So then after that, you know, um, actually ended up being in a relationship with this person. And yeah, so that was kind of the start of my practice, I would say. Oh, my God, yeah. that's major. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so so that's why you started chaining. And then um, what's your current relationship status slash like attitude towards relationships okay so I'm currently married so I am a believer in (laughs) long-term committed relationships so um I think I had to fight against that cynicism because I did undergo a lot of challenges in the relationship sector but I think yeah I I really I really appreciate you know being able to be married and I think it's a great adventure (laughs) yes absolutely um, okay, so the first question is, sorry, it's a big one. That's okay. How should I chant about meeting the love of my life, and how will I know if they are the one? Ooh, that's a good question. Such a good question. <laughs> it's um, like the question. I know, but you know, I kind of, I kind of have not a problem with that idea, but I kind of feel like sometimes it's hard to think of just like, you know, just so much pressure on finding the one or the love of my life or the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I feel like that pressure sometimes is kind of unhealthy because, you know, I've had many friends, you know, who thought they were with the one and then it ended and then their life is kind of, you know, you know, broken or whatever. But um, and also, you know, I've met, you know, friends as well that, you know, they were married and then, you know, the person passed away. Right. So then mm-hmm. what then? Um, but, you know, I kind of feel like as far as chanting for the right person to be with at this time or, you know, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I'm not a cynic because I'm actually married and I do intend to you know, be with this person for the rest of my life. Um, but, you know, actually, I was in a previous relationship before, um, you know, the current relationship I'm in now. And honestly, I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, is this person the right person for me? And technically on paper, all of these they fit all these qualities like, oh, you know, they're a great person. I got along well with them. Their family was great. Their career was great. You know, all these different things. But still something wasn't like so clear to me. And at mm-hmm. first I was kind of like, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, I should make this work. Like, why do? Why am I having second thoughts? Um, but then I realized, you know, I was also trying to kind of look for, you know, I was talking to a friend and I was kind of trying to look for like, holes in the relationship almost Mm. and they're kind of like uh like you know what are you doing you know and they're like actually that's kind of cruel you know to that person so I actually started to chant really to kind of have this sense of clarity within myself so that I can understand and I feel like sometimes you kind of know but there's like 
opinions of others. There's all these things on top of that that doesn't help you, like, like kind of confuses you. So I was just really chanting so that I myself would come to a conclusion. And then mm -hmm. I came, you know, I was able to, um, you know, come to the conclusion that this person wasn't the right person for me. And, you know, I really chanted because I felt like I felt really bad. I was like, oh, man, you know, they felt really seriously about me. And I also felt like it wasn't fair for me to be in a relationship, you know, because I was having fun and everything was fine if that, mm -hmm. that person wasn't on the same page as me, you know. And I was just like, but I also had to battle these feelings of like, oh, no, like what happens if this is the last person that will ever like me or like what happens if you know, I'm never going to find someone like this, you know, but I had to battle like those feelings of like insecurity and come to that conclusion myself. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, I did end the relationship, but I feel like, um, in, you know, I came to the place where I was like not scared to be alone for the first time. Mm. So, you know, basically what I'm saying is like really chance to have kind of that clarity to really know in your heart what's true for you, not what is based on what other people are saying. You know, and yeah. Mm. So, and yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that that's great advice. And also one of the hardest things to do, like to really know what's in your heart. I mean, we're talking about relationships, but it applies to literally everything. Like, is this the right so job true. for me? Is this the right city I should live in? <laughs> is this the right person I should be with? Yeah. And I wanted it to be so clear. Like, I just kind of wanted it to be like, you know, I kind of wanted it to be black and white for me because I just didn't like being in that limbo. That makes sense. So I yeah. just chanted to make the best decision, but not one based on fear. So I didn't want to stay in a relationship because I was scared that, you know, I wouldn't find someone else. I think through the chanting, I really gained confidence also in my own life that I would be totally OK if I was single, you know, that I would mm -hmm. totally be able to find another partner in the future, you know, and not kind of uh, operate on fear. Yeah, I have so many friends that have been and are in that situation right now. It's so real of just like, I won't end this relationship, but I also don't want to be in this relationship because being single is like, I don't know, there's like stigma attached to it or mm -hmm. just all of those things. So that's really encouraging, actually. Um, so then, okay, after you do so, and then you like... Um, you know you want to be in a serious relationship you kind of have to go through that like every person you meet is this person the one do I want to do this with this person <laughs> and then finally you choose or life presents you with an option or something so I'm curious like what your take is on the second part of that where when you when you're considering that maybe this could be the person like how do you decide or how do you chant about deciding yeah <laughs> again another good question because I totally did that after I ended the relationship with this person and then I went on these other people like is this the person I'm going to be with the long term you know you know trying to kind of you know figure that out um you know for, for me personally um I, I think it just started to kind of understand myself a little bit better through chanting and I can you know I could start telling like um I could be more honest with myself right I mean like how did I guess how did you decide finally that this is the right person how did I decide it's very yeah, like, okay yeah so as far as like the current mm -hmm. marriage I'm in it's so it's really weird but I just had this I know it sounds kind of like I just knew that this person was the wrong person and I just felt because I think at the point where I was in that relationship or starting that relationship, I was so confident in my own self. Like, I wasn't, like, you know, worrying if this person was, well, I was worrying if this person's going to like me or not. But um, I just was like, wow, like, I'm really, like, I'm come to a place where, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty great. And um, I think that, in a sense, when I, when I started the relationship with this person, it was the first time where I wasn't trying to, like, change the person or, like, was hoping that they would, you know, change a part of themselves, nor did I feel like I had to change to be with this person, if that makes sense. So those yeah. are kind of like those really strong signs for me personally, compared to my previous relationships where I was like, this is the right person for me. And it felt like almost easy to be with this person, which is was so unusual for me because I, I felt like in the, in the past, it was a little bit more difficult. Um, mm. Not that there aren't any challenges that we have to work through or anything like that, but it just felt yeah, I felt 
it's easy. So. Yeah, that is such a that's such an important point. Actually, I'm so happy that you brought that up. And so, the the original question that they asked, or this the DM that we received, is um, how should I chant about meeting the love of my life, and how will I know if they're the one? And so, in terms of the second part of that, how will I know if they're the one? You said you felt like you didn't have to change, and you didn't want to change them. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, did you struggle with that previously? And if so how and then is that something you actually chanted about yeah definitely struggled with it previously I think you know I always kind of felt in the past where I was kind of like oh man I wish they were um a little bit more driven or I wish they were you know nicer you know whatever it is like Mm. these different qualities about themselves or um and I did I didn't realize that you know they I always have heard in the past, like, you shouldn't want to change a person if you're in a relationship with them. But honestly, I think I was secretly doing that, like, kind of like, oh, man, I wish they were, you know, kinder or I wish they were uh, friendlier to my friends. You know, whatever it is, these things came up um, Mm. in my life. Mm. But kind of when um, I I was in a really long term relationship, when that ended, I started really reflecting on everything that, you know, I did in the relationship. And I realized that is something that I, I had done. And I was like, you know, I shouldn't have to change a person in order to feel like they're the right person for me. You know, and the same with me. I, I think I, of course, you know, there's things that we can improve on. But I think that fundamentally I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe this quality about this person isn't the best. And, you mm. know, yeah. So I, I, I would question that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's interesting, right? Because from a Buddhist perspective, ultimately we practice a philosophy that's 100% about accepting yourself the way you are. Yes. All aspects of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. While improving, but not in like a, I need to discard the bad parts of me kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so true. Okay, so let's just recap for this person. Like how how should they chant and how will they know if they're the one? Yeah, I guess it's kind of funny because it's kind of, in a sense, I did my own kind of challenge. Like I was actually, you know, I was just, I was like, I'm going to chant for, you know, for my previous relationship. I was like, I'm going to chant until this, you know, this particular day, or I'm going to chant this set amount of time in order for me to kind of, kind of have a goal to work towards in order oh, for wow. me to like um, decide. Cause I kept kind of putting it off. So I kind of just put an arbitrary date and I just, you know, chanted every single day towards that. And actually towards it, it wasn't on the exact date, but towards it, it became so clear to me what I should do next. Hmm. Um, And I I think it's important to find what your own values are and if it aligns with that person. Hmm. Right. So, you know, my values definitely was revolving around my family. Like, you know, I definitely wanted to take care of my family. And I felt like, you know, she felt the same way. And um yeah, I think that that's so important to definitely be kind of like on the same page. Mm. But also um, in terms of like, you know, in terms of the relationship as far as, um, you know, kind of what I based myself on, actually, even before starting the relationship, mm. um, was that, you know, I wasn't going to make this person the center of my life. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to be an independent person. And maybe that came from the fact that I, you know, did have a 10 year relationship. And then I was completely devastated by it when it ended. And I was like, you know, and I realized how much of my self-worth I put in that person, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I'm realizing that one of the, one of the more profound things that came out of my 10 year relationship, like when that ended, one of my friends asked me to really chant like, what can I transform in my own life, you know, to attract the right person? Like, what would I want in the ideal partner? And hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily healthy, but like at first, and the qualities that I wrote down about this person wasn't something that like I would have written down, you know, a long time ago. It was like all these qualities about like character. Hmm. But then once I started to chant about that, I actually looked at the list of qualities and I'm like, I don't even have this myself. Like, what, what am I doing? Like, chanting about it in another person. Um, so then it became me kind of chanting to transform and be these things that I, you know, had listed as far as like being more confident in myself and like, 
you know, being courageous and, you know, being honest with people. Like, these are all these things that I had written down about another person. And that was so empowering because I felt like I started to really change these aspects of my own life. And I felt more empowered in that sense. And I think when I got to the place where I was so much more confident in myself, then my life like opened up for me to find a best relationship. So I hope these answers and stories were helpful to everyone who asked and to everyone listening. I won't even try to recap them, except to say that you can transform anything through chanting and deciding to believe in your own bootability. It takes courage, but all of us deserve to create the life we want. If you're listening to this in February and you're new to chanting, the Bootability 28-Day Journey is still happening and you can jump in anytime by visiting bootability.org journey to learn how to chant. We also have lots of great articles on the site about love and relationships, and we're always open to your questions. So feel free to send them in anytime by DM or by emailing me at podcast at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.